Ladies and gentlemen, sit back, relax, and buckle your seatbelts. It's time for your weekly ride-along with the Mics on Mics. This is Drive-By. Welcome, welcome. I am Mike J. He is Mike Guess. We are the Mics on Mics. This is the Drive-By Wrestling Podcast Halloween Rumble. How the hell you doing, Mike? Uh, you mean since yesterday when we talked last yesterday? I'm doing great. Kayfabe, Mike. Kayfabe. That that that's oh, another, you mean when we? Oh, I'm doing time. great then. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Mike, what the hell is it storming there again? You said it wasn't Dude, storming. Yeah, I mean, like yesterday it was a little cloudy or whatever, but like it wasn't storming. But like today, it's beautiful out. And I still don't, so I don't understand what exactly is happening. It's absolutely, oh, wait. I I know what's happening. Mike, do you have a Ouija board? I know, I don't believe in that devil stuff, you know that. Shit. All right. Not my house. I know that you're recommended not to do this, Mike, but we're going to have to cross the streams. Ah, dude, you can't. Oh, okay. All right. Let's cross. We're gonna the have to cross Let's the streams. I have it. to open this door to a parallel universe and bring in all the way from Germany our friend from the WID cast. What's his DOS? Daniel Grothy. Welcome to Drive By, sir. Well, <laughs> good evening, because yeah, it's pretty late here. Um, good evening. I, I always do that. I want to do that here, too. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, or just hello, everybody, wherever you might be out there on this crazy planet. Um, thanks so much for inviting me, guys. Um, I hope I didn't spook you there with my little thunder stuff. Uh, well, I mean, I should have expected it. I listened to your show enough. I actually think, Mike, we might have to uh, isolate Daniel saying good evening and add it to our uh, intro at some point. <laughs> yeah, I'm for it. I'm for it 100%. <laughs> so, guys, let's get into this. We did for Halloween, which is all three of our favorite times of the year, uh, a, a little countdown breakdown poll vote i did a tournament bracket in four separate groups i'm not gonna break every contender down it's on a past episode go listen uh but we had our friends at pwe uh and our own facebook page and i think i put a some of them on twitter i don't even remember at this point october's a blur uh to pick the best most favorite uh Longest lasting, most influential, creepy slash horror slash uh, scary, spooky, paranormal uh, wrestling gimmick. And of course, I thought, well, Daniel has to be involved in this show because not only is he a big fan of pro wrestling, but I mean, your show scares the shit out of us, Daniel. Ah, oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Terrifying. Well, creeps me out. And like, scares I don't... the shit out of Mike. I would listen to it more if most of my driving wasn't at night. And I'm always afraid that, like, 
I'm going to look out my... You make me too scared that I'm going to look out the window and see something going on in a field. I drive by a lot of, like, cornfields and stuff. And Well, that would, that, that would be Bigfoot, I guess. I'm just <laughs> terrified that I'm going to look over at this cornfield and see something going on. And I drive by one of the most haunted places in Ohio every day oh, right. on my way to and back from work. And so one time I was listening to you and I was driving by there and I was like, can't do this. Can't. <laughs> Nope. So uh, I would listen to you more if I didn't drive at night and you weren't so goddamn terrifying. <laughs> compliments, well, compliments let me, all let me, Yeah, it's a compliment, and um, let me add something to that. It's um, to me, it's pretty amazing because, um, well, as you know, I'm in Germany, and when I do my show, it's basically late night paranormal talk radio. But for the guys in the states. Uh, it's, uh, of course, uh, Mike, you made this, you know, turn up, um, a midday mind fuck. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so, um, you know, um, Mike, when you say you drive at night and you're listening to the show, that's basically what, uh, I intended it to be. Uh, that's how. So I'm, ex talk radio. I'm experiencing it in the correct way then. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Okay. Okay. You're consuming it the way it was intended. All right. Nice. Amazing. Um, so I, I I was surprised by these. And I already spoke with Mike about this, Daniel, but I thought this would be a landslide. So the final four came down to probably the most obvious. Uh, Undertaker, Kane, Mankind, and The Fiend. The Fiend being the most recent addition uh to the to these four in the horror genre of pro wrestling um i thought it would be an absolute landslide for the undertaker i think you two were also in agreement uh the voting broke down to where the fiend and kane actually split about 19% of the vote and the final count between undertaker and mankind had Undertaker leading with 42.9%, just narrowly beating out Mankind at 38.1% of the vote. Hmm. That's, That's what I said. I'm shocked by this. Uh, personally, for me, I, I like this because Mankind, I, I might, even though I know technically for the business, Undertaker, I mean, is the obvious choice, I think Mankind of them, of those four, it's probably my all-time favorite. Agreed. Hmm. Well, I, I can't agree with that, but... Um, <laughs> That's okay. I, I, I'm also a little disappointed um, that The Undertaker won because he is, in my opinion... Um, well, of course, he's a legend, iconic. There is no doubt about that. Um, for me, it's one of the you know all-time greats. But um, he's not the most paranormal creature in wrestling. And um, yeah, Mankind, he's more the serial killer Texas Chainsaw guy. <laughs> not, not, that, not that paranormal. And the only real paranormal thing on the list is The Fiend. And um, so I'm a little disappointed because The Fiend, for me, is the true paranormal being uh, here. So can I, can I, hold on, hold on, hold on. Can I ask you to explain that a little more in depth? Why well, you feel I, of he's, course. Why you I'm, feel he's more horror uh, paranormal oh, themed oh, yes. than 
not so much mankind, but specifically Undertaker and Kane. That's exactly yeah, what course, I was going because... to get to, Mike. So I, we'll let uh, we'll let our guests kind of roll with this. I love it. Um, it, it, it basically, if um, and and that's something we talked about a lot on my show, by the way, um, uh, is the the fiend is representing something that's um, in the real paranormal world, a, a classic theme, and that is. Oh my gosh, there's so much to it. Well, first of all, um, the fiend uses let me in. You have to invite him in. You have to let him in. That is something that started basically with, um, yeah, the vampire myth. Um, The vampire has to be invited in. But it doesn't stop there because basically a a modern phenomenon like black-eyed children, they do the same thing. You they, you have to let them in. They say, please, let us in. Invite us in. So, um, Daniel, let me stop theme... you for a minute. I am terrified of the black-eyed children. Okay, <laughs> resume. <laughs> well, you should be. Uh, you should be. Because <laughs> I, think, I think that black-eyed children are either some kind of alien-human hybrid thing going on, or they're true evil, or they're basically um, vampires. So, yeah, you, you have this from The Fiend, this let me in. And, and the way he says it, like, this is, I think, very important because he changes his voice when he does that. And, and that's how we hear it from the paranormal stories, because he, he starts to say, let me in, you know, like it's, it's, it's this you have to, but um, you know it, it will be an evil thing if you do so. Well... And then, of course, you have an evolution in the feed because mm-hmm. this is for me one of the the most, um, you know, the, the story with Bray Wyatt. He started off as this cult leader thing, right? Um, and he became over years the fiend, and it's almost like a cult leader um, opening a door and becoming something paranormal, like inviting something in himself Mm -hmm. um and he can you know he can spread it and that's what we're seeing right now with uh of course uh the alexa bliss storyline which i Um, love every part of this oh it's 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 uh one of the best storylines at the moment and um yeah so the fiend um takes so much and we had a show um on wid with uh billy ray valentine where we talked about uh occult and paranormal stuff in wrestling and evil stuff in wrestling and we digged into this uh, there was a skit with the fiend where he does the muscle man dance do you remember that absolutely yes. <laughs> yeah and, and they flashed shit. symbols it's such good shit no and they flashed uh symbols like like real creepy stuff there was reptilian stuff in there there were illuminati signs in there there was so many crazy things in there um and it basically was um for children uh you know children should find that funny with with the firefly funhouse and all that um but it's there is so much real dark evil stuff in there that we're talking about on on wid because it's part of the paranormal lore um but for me most of all the let me in part is so is so um uh relevant here because it's the real thing there are creatures out there, even in alien abductions, there is um, there is the thing going on where you have to let them in. You have to invite them 
to abduct you. And even if you do it unconsciously, but you're doing it. So um, from the real paranormal world, The Fiend is the closest deal. Okay, so like Undertaker and Kane are more theatrical, supernatural. Well, Undertaker for me, when I was younger and, you know, he did this crazy stuff and, and he was... But he's not a paranormal creature type of thing. He's just the Undertaker, right? And then he was, of course, the American badass where he suddenly became a biker. <laughs> um, um, and but, but what I loved was the last incarnation um what they did with the series um with the match with aj styles mm -hmm. because there it all came together um but it's still undertaker is awesome he is cool he's great he's fun to watch he's an iconic figure and i personally i have to be honest here uh when i watched the last ride documentary i, I cried a little um but but he's not Like, he's not a paranormal creature. He isn't. He's just this guy wearing a coat and a hat. He's almost more like a black magician that hasn't went the next level that, say, The Fiend did. Yeah. Well, yeah, right, I agree. Or he he is like the hat man or like a like a, um, a shadow people thing. But, but, you know, it's not really. And Kane, of course. Um, Kane has a paranormal aspect to him. Yes, I agree. The Undertaker's brother and almost burned to death and all that stuff. Uh, the, the, he's called the devil's favorite demon, right? And all the right. I mean, now he's now he's called Mayor, I guess. But um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, but but also um, cool guy, big guy in a mask, doing cool stuff, having a fun entrance with fire and all that. But not real paranormal. Um, so the fiend again, more paranormal, and mankind creepy. I mean, oh my god, creepy as shit. But more on the Texas Chainsaw, uh, Texas Chainsaw, schizophrenic serial killer side of things. So I. So think, that's my explanation. No, I love that, and I think something that I'm kind of drawing from what you're saying, and I could that might not be how you're seeing it, but the picture you're painting, it's almost like. The Fiend encompasses almost every part of the paranormal where maybe the Kane and Undertaker just kind of one side of it. Maybe Mankind goes more on the twisted, like, mental side of it, uh, yeah. where the Fiend is all of it encompassed and rolled into one. I mean, you see the, the imagery, you see pentagrams in the Firefly Funhouse all the time. And something I want to say before I forget, you said for kids... Now, of course, I have three children, and my son, who's five, has loved The Fiend since he came out. But my other two, that are just over two years old, don't really pay that much attention to wrestling. Uh, but they'll watch, you know, here and there, they'll glance at it. However, just the other night, I was playing the, uh, the Firefly Funhouse from Raw, and they stopped dead in their tracks, they clapped when the little kids clapped from the, over the audio, and they paid attention to See. every single frame of that show because it's See. 100% hits all the markers of a kid's show, man. Mike, and then your little children will turn around one day and have black eyes. <laughs> That's not funny. <laughs> That's not funny. And they will... Of course, and you know what they're gonna... <laughs> 
Oh, he put that evil on you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put that on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> so they're gonna say, "Daddy, let us in." <laughs> well, jokes on them. You're already in the only house you're probably ever gonna have. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> at least with me. At least with me. Uh, so, I, I think we can all agree that the fiend is probably I mean he's the most over character I would say on WWE right now at least with the majority of people I know there's people who don't like this kind of stuff in pro wrestling just like there's idiots who didn't like the musical on AEW the other night which was fantastic uh would have been last week oh that was amazing oh that was so great (laughs) so that was but you know what what was even better it was even better when they um when they went into blue stakes, because it was like um, the the whole set. Now, as a wrestling fan, not as a paranormal fan, if you don't freaking adore MJF, um, stop watch, stop watching wrestling right now. Thank you, because this guy, this guy <laughs> is 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 he's the future. Yep, and thank I, you, I, and 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 um, what Jericho does. And what he will do is push this guy to the moon. And I, <laughs> I, I really, I really am so thankful that Chris is doing this. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a big for me. Jericho is still one of the best, if not the best, ever. And um, I think that he realized what MGF is, and he will push this guy to the moon, and rightfully so. Yes, <laughs> I agree with all that. <laughs> So, I think because The Fiend is pretty fresh, I mean, we can just briefly go, Daniel, you did a great description of the transformation of Bray Wyatt, cult leader, oh, Wyatt family more, leader. But we don't have time. I could talk. About, oh, I know. I'm sorry. I, uh, I, I could talk three hours about what's <laughs> in there because there's so much in there. Um, one day. You know, uh, one, one day. <laughs> yeah. We, this, I'm, I'm sure that. Hopefully the first of many crossovers here, Daniel. <laughs> like Daniel, like well, for real. I don't have kids, and outside of my job, I don't really have a schedule. So, like, literally, one day we don't even need Mike. I'll just record with you, <laughs> Mike. I'm sorry. I just know you don't have three or four free hours to talk about the fiend and paranormal shit. You just no, don't. Fine. People with kids. I'll, I'll be the so, edit, bitch. Like, it's fine. I'm just gonna record with Daniel one day. I'm gonna call him and record it. And Daniel, you and I will do like a special three or four hour long WID <laughs> cross drive by wrestling podcast paranormal discussion on the fiend. It'll be a yeah. lot of lighters flicking. It's gonna be crazy. <laughs> let me let me just say um, one more thing about the fiend here, and then Please we can do. talk off the air about about this uh, brilliant show. <laughs> there, Mike. Um, uh, I just wanted to say that Bray Wyatt, or um, the guy who's uh, portraying him, um, he's a he's a rotunda, right? He's he's yep. uh, what's his real name? His real um, name is uh, Wyndham it's Rotunda. It's not Husky Harris. No, he's he's a <laughs> his name is Wyndham Rotunda because yep. yeah, his right. mom's a Wyndham. Yeah, and and this guy has to have so much knowledge about the paranormal because he kind of. Yeah, basically, he created all of this, and mm-hmm. and you can you can read about that. It's from his mind, and and he was the one, by the way, going to Tom Savini, who made the mask, 
and said, I want this mask to look like that. And in this mask, you have um, the white face from, you know, the hat man and, and the classic vampire stuff. And you have the fangs. And um, so he is into this stuff. And I think when he presents his ideas, guys like uh, McMahon and, and, you know, they have no idea how close he is to what's really going on. Yeah, I think you're probably spot on right there, Daniel. Now, when it comes to the other three characters in this uh, final, I almost feel like they're the opposite. I feel like all of them had their best stuff with these characters at the beginning of the characters. And maybe the other Mm -hmm. stuff, although not all of it's... I mean, I think it's all pretty good. I think Mike would have a strong argument against the current Undertaker shit. But that being said... uh, I have an argument about the current Kane shit. Right, right. (laughs) We we all can do that. So let's not do that. Uh Let's focus on the positive. So let's go into Mankind. So here's a character who started out maybe a little lost when he came in, but he had this really awesome thing with his gimmick. He was, at least from my memory, one of the first wrestlers, if not the only wrestler, someone correct me if I'm wrong, that had an entrance theme and an exit theme. So, I have no clue. He did this thing where he came down to this... We will talk about this on our show, Mike. (laughs) Yeah, we'll mark that down, man. We, we'll he did that. this thing where he'd come out to this eerie, almost violin-esque, like, creepy, almost psycho serial killer music, as you stated, Daniel. And then after his match, he'd be freaking out, pulling his hair out, rocking in the ring. Yeah. And when he'd win, yeah. they'd play this, like, gentle piano music to soothe the savage beast, I guess. There'd be, like... Uh, this like weird lighting shining down in the ring, almost like a window. I mean, when I was younger, I probably didn't pick up on all of this, but as an older fan looking back, it's probably one of the reasons I was so drawn to this character, because he was so dynamic. And then his carelessness toward his own body in these matches, which is what Mick Foley is known for anyway, just added to this dynamic. And the boiler room brawls, the... The crossover and feuds with The Undertaker, the introduction into this feud with Paul Bearer, who was always known as Mankind's caretaker. I mean, there's just so many iconic moments with this character that crosses over into Undertaker, Kane, uh, Goldust, who was also on the pole. And it's just such good shit, (laughs) to quote somebody. I, I thought Mick Foley is um, uh, known for being Santa Claus. Well, um, <laughs> no, but, <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Um, but still, um, two things I, I, I want to add to that, if I may. Um, everything with this character is 100% from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's Leatherface, basically. Yeah, I see um, that. And... and um, well, and then, of course, there is Mick Foley in there, who's just a daredevil, a crazy person. Um, and whoever doubts that should, you know, watch the one scene that I think every wrestling fan has seen a hundred times when he's been thrown from the cell and um, his teeth are actually um, <laughs> exiting his body out of his nose. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but 
I have one problem with um, iconic wrestlers like that, and that's when, and I know a lot of people loved it, but um, the Rock and Sock connection destroyed this character for me. Killed oh, it. statement. Killed it. No, but I this totally was the, agree yeah, with you. Th- th- that was the moment where this um, serial killer, crazy person, almost movie monster um, turned into a joke. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, I think we all three agree that's probably where it went downhill for me. Um, it wasn't even. Oh, and, and the sock battle at the Rumble with uh, Santino Marella, of course. <laughs> it wasn't, yeah, and it wasn't even that, I mean, I still respected it because it was Mick Foley. But yeah, no, you're 100% right. I didn't even mind Corporate Mankind, you know, when he was wearing a suit and tie uh, and borderline no, because before that, that... the rock and sock stuff. Well, because that adds something to the character, like he, there is a human being in it. But the fun stuff, you know, um, if I look at a serial killer, if I look at a movie monster, I don't want to see like um, uh, Leatherface uh, having fun. I don't want that. I want to see him, you know, put hooks into people and <laughs> using his chainsaw. Um, and I didn't want to see mankind have fun. That's That's like... I don't know. I that that destroyed this whole character for me. It was it was a fun tag team, and I get the entertainment part of it, but for um, a character that was killing him off. Yep. No, I think it's a very very valid point. Uh, but I think mankind took us to a lot of different places that maybe kind of like how. Bray and the Fiend is doing now that maybe WWE would not have gone. And then you have Kane. Uh, the introduction of Kane was probably... I mean, it's it's one of my favorite moments in pro wrestling. Uh, Kane, if you're not aware... I mean, let's be real. If you're listening to this podcast, you know who the hell Kane is. But, brother of the Undertaker... Yeah, it's the guy from the Bible, right? <laughs> right. Brother of the Undertaker, <laughs> kind of teased by... Uh, Paul Bearer, who was turning his back on The Undertaker, and makes his debut at Hell in a Cell, comes out, rips the cell door off of the frame. You got the famous call from JR, that's gotta be Kane! I mean, (laughs) iconic pro wrestling moments. I think that all four of these men have had quite a few of them. Oh, sure, I agree. Yeah, I mean, and, a few. There's a few and, between the four of them. And then, of course, the character of Kane, the, the burnt-up brother of Undertaker. Go ahead. Don't forget, don't forget the iconic moment in Saudi Arabia. Uh, let, no, that, <laughs> I, I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't even I'm know talking what you're talking about, about. I'm talking about the bald eagle. <laughs> Listen, it didn't happen because I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it. It doesn't exist. It does not exist, Daniel. Don't again put that juju on us. Shawn Michaels Michaels retired like 12 years ago. Yeah, and then he came back for that that, that shit fest. No, he um, didn't. you know what? Let me let me tell you something here. I I was so pumped for that. I'm a big DX guy, right? I'm I'm real. That DX is my I think my most favorite thing in in wrestling. And um, 
I was like, I was so pumped for that. And then I was watching it and I felt like someone was sticking a knife into my eyes <laughs> and twisting and turning that knife again and again and again. And then when uh, Kane, <laughs> when he lost his uh, wig and all that, um, yeah, that was the final moment. I, I was like, um, this, that was like sitting on the electric chair. It really was. <laughs> it, it, it was hurting me. It was hurting me so bad. And um, so, yeah, I agree. Let's forget it. But I'm sorry it happened. It's Halloween after all. And this is a real <laughs> horror story. It, it, it is the things, the stuff that nightmares are made of. But without Kane, we might not get, I don't know, Inferno matches. I feel like that wouldn't have been a thing without Kane. And while... I know they're probably one of the weirder things in pro wrestling. I got to tell you, man, as a kid or as an adolescent, whatever it was at this point in time, I really enjoyed the aspect of the Inferno matches. I thought they were a super cool visual. I loved how the big bumps made the flames go up in the air. Uh, I couldn't imagine how miserable it was to be at ringside like as a fan for those matches because I know when Kane's pyro would go off, it would hit you like 20 rows back. Yeah. I agree, and I, I miss those um, visuals and um, fire, you know, lighting tables up and, and all that. And, and this is a, a fun memory, you know, you, you had. Like, there were, there were these extreme moments, Edge spearing Foley through the burning table and stuff like that. And then, of course, the Inferno matches, and I'm still waiting for one of those games to bring that back uh, because we will, I guess, never see it again on television. Um, those were special moments. It, it was this cross between um, hardcore backyard wrestling and, you know, the big entertainment wrestling, but there was this brutality in it. I mean, they were all protected, we know that, but it looked hardcore, man, when the whole ring is burning, and I miss that. I do. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, it's that kind of stuff probably is done for. Uh in the in the culture now we have we live mean, in, there's too many lawyers. Yeah, we there's have too many litigation. There's too many sensitive, <laughs> well, pussies. If <clears> I wanna, <throat> if I wanna say <clears throat> it blatantly, <clears throat> corporate wrestling. Um, yep, I know, Mike. But, I know, <laughs> corporate but, wrestling. But we have, but we have mimosa matches. Mm -hmm. Come on, mm -hmm. mimosa matches, dog food matches. <laughs> you know, uh, so I think. We can kind of kind of go into the main part of this because some of this intersects a lot of this intersects. And let's, well, I think all three of us agree that the Boneyard match is pretty awesome. Uh, the other part of the Undertaker's career before the beginning, eh, maybe I don't know, last five ten years, we might not want to might not want to get into. But before that, man, the Undertaker, the Phenom, uh, introduced at Survivor Series. Uh, on the brother love show. Uh, what an iconic moment that at the time you probably didn't realize what a big deal this would be. Let's be honest. When you're, when you're Mark Calloway and you're pitched, all right, you're going to be an undead zombie undertaker. You have to think, well, shit, man. <laughs> 
see. I feel like Mark Calloway a little a little bit was like, "Fuck yeah." I mean, better well, than it, the rumor of Eggman coming out of the egg that the gobbly gooper came out of. But well, Mike. But you know, I think I it, 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 that's been the eighties, right? Yeah. Times uh, were different. Times were very different. And, um, well, I don't know. Maybe he was like going, yeah, oh my God, I'm going to be a, a undead ass kicker. Um, I don't know. What, what I know is Undertaker. Well, let me say something. My favorite match of all time, and I, I guess that's kind of cliche, but it, it's the truth. And I still watch it um, sometimes because it's just so amazing. Is uh, WrestleMania 25 Shawn Michaels Undertaker? Um, oh yeah! I, I never get I never get tired of this match. The entrance, the action. I think it was the last match where he was like really able to perform the way he wanted to perform. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if you never. If you're listening to this for some weird reason, maybe because I'm on it or I have no idea and you you didn't watch wrestling at all, watch that match. And after you watched it, tell me that you were not entertained. Yeah, see, there you because, go. I, Daniel, because there if we you go. Say Camera, that, I, watch I, that I, match. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Camber, she's a... a, um, a, a very dear listener of my show and and she's very christian and everything and she had no idea about wrestling and she watched that match and because if you if you watch it and you tell me that this is not entertaining and this is not amazing but you have to watch the whole thing entrance everything and and if you come to me and say oh that was that was boring i will tell you into your face that you're a liar <laughs> because there is no way that this does not entertain you. And that's because there are two of the most great wrestlers ever in the ring at the same time. And they're telling a story. They're using their acting skills. They're using their performance skills. They're using their athletic skills. And they're using characters they have, they've built over years and years. Both of them, yeah. Just years them. of character building. Yeah, and they just let them clash at this, um, what I think was one of the last real good WrestleManias, number 25. And, and I think it's important to, like, what I was getting at when we started here with The Undertaker, like, this shouldn't have worked, right? Like, like when you really break it down, like, there's no, there's no part of me that thinks in 2020 we should all talk about how great 1990s and you know 2000 dead zombie wrestler was right but (laughs) the man mark calloway i think he is the reason it worked because he regardless of what he thought at first he clearly bought in and he clearly believed in the character and lived the gimmick i guess is the phrase that people in the business like to use I agree. And you know what? He found his calling. I think that's very important. I think that's so important. People um, don't realize that you can 
you know, have uh, a good run with, with something and you can have success and you can get rich and you can be famous and all that. But this guy found his calling. And and um, I, when I watched The Last Ride, um, a lot of people said, oh, the, he, he sold out to McMahon and, and because it ends like, oh, I'm retired. But if McMahon asks me, of course, I might think about coming back. Yeah, but not because he he's in love with McMahon but he's in love with his calling. And I think that um, when he thinks he can do something, because that's him, he is the undertaker. And if he thinks that it's, um, you know, challenging to himself, that he can put on something um, again that people would love, just follow his calling, he will do it. Not for McMahon, not for the company, but for himself, basically. That's my, my my. Dan, you just kind of realigned my whole vision of the last tail end of his career here. How about you, Mike? Man, fuck the Undertaker. <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> so, good news, Daniel, for you, Mike. I don't Although, know. How... I'm not. I'm not gonna say that. Like, I wasn't sitting here. Like, damn, man, he's made a really great point. But <laughs> I have to stand by. <laughs> <laughs> my like stance of fuck the undertaker i have to <laughs> well good news for daniel maybe not so much for you mike word on the street is that taker will somehow some way be involved at survivor series now i want to just put this out here mike before you lose your shit it's like 30 years of the undertaker uh it's the 30-year anniversary of his debut. If they yeah, do this it. right, this could be fantastic. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Like, maybe make a bigger um, deal of it than, I don't know, the 30 years of Jericho that he got at AEW? Yeah, well, <laughs> well uh, again, I, I think what Jericho did with the 30-year thing is... Um, and. and I, I, I'm really, uh, I really think that's what happened. Um, he didn't want to put himself over that much because he's planning on putting MJF over. And, and you, you um, might be right on that, but you know what? Put yourself over. 30 years is a big accomplishment. And then put MJF yeah, but, over. But he's, he's like, he's ha- he has a band. He's a rock star. He has a very successful podcast. Um, he has accomplished everything in the business. And um, I don't think that he he needs it. Now, what I think what would be really great to, you know, uh, add to your uh, question here or to your point, what they would really need to do now is use Undertaker and use him to introduce something else. Like, you can use... Uh, the the survivor theories thing, and you can bring in someone else and push him to the moon with Taker. Well, let me throw this out there. I think I've brought this up on the show before, Mike. I specifically remember reading, because I'm that big of a nerd, in one of the WWE magazines back in the day, where they had an interview, I believe, with Paul Bear or Undertaker or whatever, and they were weaving the story that. The Undertaker is a spirit that is inhabiting this man that the Undertaker may never die. And 
I really feel like they missed maybe maybe because Mark wasn't done, but I feel like there's an opportunity to really christen somebody and you don't have to call them the undertaker clearly i don't think that would work but to christen them with the quote unquote soul or power of the undertaker and really do something cool um maybe this is the time they do it but i don't feel like they'll ever actually go to that but man i've always for the life of me had this thought in my mind of the undertaker switching power. I thought that was what they were going to do when the Brothers of Destruction, Kane and Undertaker, were feuding with the Wyatt family. I really had my fingers crossed, and I was let down. And I was afraid they would do that with Roman Reigns, um, but um, mm-hmm. uh, to be honest, to yeah, yeah, I don't like this guy. I'm sorry. I like the storyline <laughs> now, but I will never feel good. I'm, I'm Nah. But, you know, enough Roman Reigns. If you mention him three times, he will, I don't know, get more money. So I will not mention him three times. Show up and take the universal title from you. (laughs) Don't say Uh, show up. My wife won't stop saying his name if that's the case. (laughs) Now, now, um, here's the thing. I think... um, I think the WWE has someone who would be perfect for that, but they missed their chance because they're already turning him into a jobber. And um, I think that's Aleister Black. Because Aleister Black has everything, um, in my eyes, that would be the perfect successor for The Undertaker. He is um, amazing in the ring. He has charisma. He has the creepiness because he's not a good talker, but he would not need that if he would be an Undertaker kind of thing. And there is one more thing. He's a real Satanist. Now, this guy, Aleister Black, if they would have like built him correctly, but now they destroyed him, they, you know, they took his amazing entrance away from him. He's basically just coming out through to rock music now and is a guy with a what, what, what's his thing now his eye was hurt yeah um, Seth Rollins took his eye I actually don't mind his new theme music especially the, for a heel the, the collector the collector of eyes yeah but <laughs> the, I, I, no, that's not let, please let's never ever talk about the eye for an eye match <laughs> I, 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 mean, I, I 100% agree with your uh, take here Daniel but what I really want to do is ask Mike's opinion on this <laughs> Look, um, <laughs> I find Alistair Black to be extremely uninteresting. Um, yeah, because they, yeah, because they booked him wrong. No, he always has. Uh, I just always have. No, but- There's just, he just reminds me of, he looks like every creative character, me and my heavy metal disenfranchised friends created on wrestling video games when we were in high school like he just looks Have like he was him? made in a create a player specifically designed to attract like 13 year old emo and goth kids to the product <laughs> i just find him to be very uninteresting are you and maybe are that you is secretly, how he's booked i don't know are you secretly in love with him no <laughs> 
No. Um, have you have you watched his matches before WWE? No. See, okay, I'm only familiar with him as far as an NXT WWE wrestler. Yeah, you should you should go back and watch his stuff before he became a WWE thing because this guy, um, he has a, a, a legit background in in fighting. Um, and I think that his finisher is one of the most brutal ones out there. I agree. Um, and if you see what kind of character, it's it's basically the same with uh, Finn Balor, because um, Prince Stewart, of course, um, when they took his, his demon uh, gimmick, um, they made it so comical and so, you know, stupid that they stopped to use it because, oh, it didn't work. But um, go back and watch Black's stuff, you know, pre-WWE. This guy is a machine. He is precise. He's precise. He showed a little bit of it in NXT. Um, One match I remember where he was really great in was with um, Velveteen Dream, Mm -hmm. uh, where he did did a lot of the, you know, sitting in in the ring and and rope uh, bouncing back from the ropes. I enjoyed him in NXT. Don't get me wrong. I liked him in NXT. Uh, I thought he put on good matches. His stuff with Adam Cole was good. Um, Oh, yeah. I just, as far as main roster goes, I just think that he's extremely uninteresting. Well, tell him that to his face and and he will (laughs) curse you because, like I said, he's a real Satanist. He's the real deal. I he is a real Satanist though, because I've wondered because I look at his tattoos, and there he is. He said that there's uh, some real uh, shit going on in his ink. No, he he basically said that, and and he says it again and again. And he said he used his um, cursing stuff or his magic to get Selena Vega as um, his uh, wife. There's an interview no. out there where he says, "Oh no shit, yeah." <laughs> hey, whatever. Right, I'm gonna look these interviews up. Yeah, I'm gonna look these interviews up. Okay, cool. <laughs> all right, I think we can all agree that maybe without the Undertaker, some of these other characters, including the other three we discussed, uh, you know in-depth, or slightly in-depth, might not have existed in the WWE universe. Uh, So I think it's probably fair that Undertaker won this poll, but what I want to do, we're going to go to a No, it's boring. (laughs) It's boring. Because because people are not looking. There are so many other things out there right now that are basically um, would would be um, fitting for this. And let me tell you something that's um, maybe surprising people. Because there is, um, there are characters out there who I think are um, almost paranormal or almost in this horror thing, and they're not even on the list, like Seth Rollins. Because what he does—that's true—is he he copies the cult leader from um, Far Cry. This guy um, from from the last Far Cry game, not the new one that's coming oh, yeah. out, but the, the last I one. Do, I just played this game like. Three months ago, too. Finished it up finally. Yes, he yeah. is exactly, exactly yeah. the cult leader. Far Cry Five, four, I think it is. Four, is it I've five? got, 
I've got them all downloaded, so it was like a blur of Far Cry games, so I'm not sure like the numbers <laughs> of any of them. But yes, no, the I, one, the the one that one, takes six, place in know. America, the one that takes place in like America yeah. uh, with the cult leader. Yes, he's 100%. Yeah. Looks and everything. Yeah, yeah. He's, so he's the cult leader horror thing that, that's going on there. And then you have... Um, and then you have other people like Darby Allen. I mean, Darby Allen. Um, I know a, a lot of people think he's the the skater guy, and now he did a video with uh, Steve O from Jackass. But um, there is also a paranormal thing. He likes coffins. He does the coffin drop. He um, appears in body bags. Um, he has this skull tattoo stuff going on. He's also this this um, almost like American horror story kind of character. Like um, I'm walking between life and death here. Um, so so this is definitely part of it. Um, and 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 you have if you look at WWE, we have a lot of those things. You have um, what's his? I I don't even know how he's called now in AEW, but um, Pentagon Dark. Um, he was like this crazy, creepy character in Lucha Underground and other promotions um, with his Zero Nero stuff. And uh, he's also like this Lucha Underground, Lucha Libre thing coming back from the mythical world. Um, the same with uh, Ricochet, by the way, before he went to WWE and was in, 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 in Lucha Underground as Prince Puma. There is so much um, paranormal, dark stuff going on in wrestling Um that I think it's boring to take just the characters like Undertaker and Kane and um, bring them to the throne because, um, yeah, I think there is more out there. I'm sorry. I don't want to take over the show. I'm just very <laughs> passionate okay. about things I, like I, that. I, I, I made a list and I had to keep it manageable because uh, it was me doing it all. And I definitely missed some people that I would have probably pulled off and put others on. But, you know, when you're trying to come up with names and we, we three brainstormed and we all missed them. Uh, I think it wouldn't have mattered. I still think Undertaker would have won. But... Uh, Let's do this real quick. Boring. Of the four, <laughs> of the four that we have, list them personal for you. I'll go first. Right now, personal for me, it goes Fiend, Mankind, Undertaker, Kane. Mike? Hmm. Mankind, Fiend, I don't know, Taker, Kane. Uh, you can put them in interchangeable spots right there. Fair enough. And Daniel. <laughs> um, fiend, 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 fiend. <laughs> and then there is nothing. <laughs> and then there is Taker. And then Kane. And then Mankind because he's a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we're going to do something fun to quickly rack up, wrap up this show. I'm having a hard time with English today. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, our favorite horror movies. Hang tight. We will be right back. Hey there, wrestling fans. I am the Mayor Matt Logston. I am the Lord Ketchum. I'm Dave King of the Road. We are Nostalgia Highway. Movies you know from the guys you don't. So tonight we're going to share some of our favorite uh, scary wrestling angles, matches, and characters. So were there many wrestlers throughout his, your guys' history that you were actually scared of, though? From a childhood perspective, yes. Because, I mean, I'll be honest with you, I didn't 
really go with matches or moments. I went with actual wrestlers, and they're all old. They're not, none of them are current. Right on. Okay. Well, that's fine. So you're, not into, you're not into Bray Wyatt, then? No. I know of what's going on. He's the Fiend, is that right? That's right. All right, well, look at me. He's a cool <laughs> character. But I do have I do have one moment, and I can't remember if it was a match or in the match, but I remember watching it when it happened, and it freaked me out. But it was the time Jake the Snake Roberts and Macho Man, uh, it, he Jake got him tangled up in the ropes, and he let, was it Damien, the python, he let him bite. Uh, this was a, this I, was a cobra. Okay. That's all right. Oh, okay. Well, it was a snake, of course. Yeah. And well, ended it's up a, biting. It's a significant uh, Macho Man's. Uh, yeah. What was well, it? A significant he always, Well, he always carried a, a python or a boa, but uh, yeah. on this occasion, during this angle, he had a cobra, and it was devenomized. But uh, the funniest part of that story is the backstage. Uh, behind the scenes when they're talking about the setup before they go out to the ring and Macho Man's like, I don't know, man. He goes, that snake uh, bites me and, and next thing you know, I'm going down like a sack of potatoes. And, you know, he's afraid, afraid the snake's going to, you know, poison him and he's like, I think maybe you should try it first. You know, and made Jake <laughs> take a bite in front of him from the snake and Jake didn't want to do that. Jake didn't like snakes. That's just a gimmick. Right. He hated the damn things. But, uh, yeah, they had the backstage thing where Jake had to take the bite and make sure he didn't get poisoned from for, before Macho Man would go out and do that. That's crazy. Uh, he That's beat, hilarious. He, he beat the piss out of that snake in the ring there. You see it on camera before he latches it on to piss the snake off. So, you know, latches. And then yeah. he got it latched on so good he couldn't get it off. Right. <laughs> no, I remember seeing that as a kid. And do you remember what year that was? Like, it was 90s, wasn't it? 92 maybe I think because okay, so. they had the SummerSlam match made in heaven with Macho Man getting married to Elizabeth and at the wedding the Cobra comes out of a present right and yes so I would have been like there, I would have been like 12 so but like it freaked me out I was like oh my god he's gonna die Macho Man's gonna yeah, die dude. You know? <laughs> that was really terrifying as a kid I remember yeah, seeing it it was cool kid. though it's a cool moment you know to look back on Sure, yeah. That's that's one of the best. I think one of my favorites was uh, 93, maybe, uh, WrestleMania 9. The one that was at Caesars Palace. It was outdoor arena in the daylight. And uh, they had a match with The Undertaker and Giant Gonzalez. And most people don't consider this one of The Undertaker's best moments at WrestleMania because Giant Gonzalez couldn't work. That guy sucked. And, uh, but he looked cool as hell. He was legit, you know, seven foot plus. And then, then next to his little manager, Harvey Wiffleman's like four foot nine. He looks just massive. And I mean, he looks big against The Undertaker. The Undertaker's at least a head, you know, or so shorter than him. And Holy just shit. seeing him fight, yeah, fight up against this guy. And and he's he's keeping up with him the whole time. And then 
giant Gonzalez pulls out a rag that's got chloroform on it and smothers the Undertaker where like Macho Man's at ringside doing commentary and he's like you could kill a man with that stuff <laughs> they're, they're saying that the Undertaker's dead basically and they're wheeling him out on a stretcher they're like he's put a lot of bodies on stretchers but he's never been on a stretcher himself so it was kind of a what the fuck moment you know and they wheel him out and Giant Gonzalez in the ring beating the shit out of a referee and ragdolling him around and holding his hands up in the air like he's just won the Olympics or something and then the gong rings and the Undertaker comes staggering out of the back with his eyes rolled back nice. shoving Paul Bearer out of his way and he gets in and fucks <laughs> him right up it was just it was a really cool like moment that I don't know it mattered to me as a kid Hell yeah, yeah. that's can, awesome man most people can't stand that match I got a match so, man that uh, I remember back in the day I was like 15 years old it was Kane versus Undertaker uh, the Inferno match it was pretty okay. badass lit the it got inside the ring Kane and Undertaker and then um, fucking Vince McMahon I think was he was representing Kane and he uh, like went, sat down ringside and they started fighting and the, the match the, the, the rain got lit up on fire and that was pretty badass and the whole point was you know it, the first person to set their opponent on fire wins and everything so uh, it was pretty drawn up but uh, it's good fighting until um, Paul Bear came out with a present for fucking McMahon and they were like what the fuck is this and McMahon went and opened it and shit during the fight and everything and then there's a little teddy bear inside and then all of a sudden Vince like starts walking away and like is wondering what the fuck is you know he, he's he's gone into like some kind of trance or something like what is this what what is this and everything he starts walking around the rain and everything and then um I think it was I think I think yeah I think Undertaker fucking like launched Kane out King got like knocked out by the table and they, he gets up and Paul Bear's like talking trash uh, to Vince and, and then Undertaker catches uh, Kane's foot on fire yeah. to win the match and then and then Undertaker goes over there and hits <laughs> Vince when he's all like in that trance and shit and he takes the bear from him and sets the bear on fire and fucking Vince starts and crying in front and shit. Of him. Yeah, and yeah, he starts crying like a bitch. <laughs> yeah. As I recall, too, Kane had to cooperate a little bit to get his leg to catch on fire. Like, he's he's standing in it for a minute, like, waiting for it to yeah. catch because it's, it's not really working <laughs> well, too quickly. So, he goes, I think Kane goes in for a kick. Mm-hmm. And fucking Undertaker grabs it and just sticks it right in the fire. And, he, and he's there for, like, I'd say about two seconds in the fire, you know, his boot catches yeah. on fire. Yeah. It's pretty bad. But, yeah, he's on fire for a good minute, dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. I'm sure he was padded well. I don't know why Paul Bear gave him that teddy bear, but do you know, Do you know Dave? And maybe, it I was, just remember... uh, maybe it was Stephanie. Maybe it was Stephanie's. Maybe it represented Stephanie. I think that's what it was. I think it had her dress on or something that she wore. And he nah, it, nah I didn't have a dress on it. Oh, but no. the present was, like, all dressed up, like, all fucking, like, you know, undertake, undertake. It was all black and everything, black ribbon and shit and I don't know. All right, Dave. Dave, I got a question oh. for you. Stephanie okay. McMahon, hot or not? Oh yeah, yeah. In that like too. bookish way. <laughs> yeah, I mean she was a little bookish, but still, you know, like a a solid seven point five. Okay, I was just curious because yeah. like eh. when she started being relevant there, I was like, man, she's she's kind of cute. <laughs> All right. Yeah, but then okay. I've been known to say China was hot for like a minute to ah, sure did small God window damn. there was a small window where she was hot and then she went back when we up. seen her up at a whorehound dude i was fucking disgusted <laughs> oh she didn't look that bad then she didn't 
looked terrible. Shit. I mean, shit. It didn't look great. Honestly, she had a minute. All I'm saying, there was a minute where she was hot. Not, not a long one. I'm not going to justify everything. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I went her porn career. That wasn't her hottest moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Playboy wasn't bad. That's what. That's about the. Yeah. That's about, about the minute I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unreal. Okay. Well, I, I have some wrestlers that I want to bring up, and then maybe you know you guys might be able to you know spin off on something. But uh, one wrestler that I always thought was cool, creepy. Uh, was uh, back in the day, Big Van Vader, where he had that like big old helmet, shoulder pad looking deal, and then uh, oh, yeah. whenever he took that off, he had like the weird leather strap mask. And yeah. uh, I don't know, he he was always, as far as a visual, he was striking. He was such a big guy, and uh, I don't know, it was a cool gimmick. Yeah, with that the yeah. S&M mask, you didn't know whether he wanted to fuck you or fight you. That's an old Roddy Piper <laughs> term there. You not heard that. Another one is uh, Psycho Sid Vicious. Dude, I'll tell you, man. Like, he is about as intimidating of a human being as you could be. Like, when he was all, like, in character, like, full on. Holy hell, man. Intense. Sure, yeah. If you want to talk about a horrific wrestling moment that happened with him is when he... Broke his damn leg, leg right in the middle of the ring. Have yeah. you watched that? I, <laughs> that is horrific I, I, to watch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd rather not discuss that any further. Used to, you know, growing up seeing, like, injuries like that, it'd be, like, one of those, like, oh, you know, but now that I've had lower extremity injuries, surgeries, and I see that stuff now, I, I just, I, I can't even hardly stomach it. It's weird. Yeah, but, yeah, that, yeah, you're absolutely correct. That is gruesome. Mm. Oh, Mankind was cool. I mean, yeah, he had some, Mankind, uh, yeah. some good stories, of course, with The Undertaker. I mean, anything great that was in the horror line in wrestling right. revolved around The Undertaker Undertake for most of the time. Yeah, so that's kind of hard. Or to Mankind, or Kane. Yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. but those but those two characters are clearly derived from the success of the Undertaker like they sure. built these two and then even the Bray Wyatt character the Fiend is is made because of the Undertaker's success sure right. no, I agree with that yeah I'll tell you you know anything Mankind Mick Foley uh, I, I mean it, it was either going to be something really odd or just unsettling because you just you never really knew what he was going to do and he was I mean it was clear oh no he was down for fucking anything. Yeah, that Hell in the Cell match that they had, man, I mean, that was obviously the highlight reel of mankind's career. Yeah. Uh, like going off the cage, going through the cage. I mean, dude took a whipping <laughs> like nobody sure. has seen in wrestling history. I agree. I remember watching that oh, and just man, thinking, was... like, how is he alive? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then in the next match, he does a run-in with uh, Kane and Steve Austin. Has to perform in the end of the main event. Jeez. Oh my god, dude! He didn't have anything left <laughs> in the tank for that, but he made it anyway. Yeah, yeah, good call, mankind. Yeah. Oh yeah, George Animal Steel was my first uh, experience with wrestling, and I mean, oh yeah, he's an odd character. Yeah, oh yeah, just tearing through those turnbuckle covers, man. It's just like what. 
who does this? Who is this guy? I mean, you know, it was just, it was odd. But you were just fascinated by this hairy, bald guy that just looked like a, kind of like a goblin or something, you know? Uh, If you characterize him by generation of, like, we do horror movies, he's from that, like, golden age uh, Universal Monsters type uh, class of wrestler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Ox Baker, like Mad Dog Vashon. Vashon, he was yeah. crazy. Oh, and his daughter, who was it, Luna Vashon? Yeah, yeah, she, she was, was a she was the bride of Frankenstein, I think. She was something. <laughs> I tell you, uh, growing up, my dad he had a uh, wrestling book. It was hardcover and it had uh, glossy color pictures, black and white pictures, and it was an early '80s publication and one of the wrestlers that were in there and I never really got to see him wrestle but I've seen plenty of pictures of him and just I'll be honest with you just seeing the pictures of him alone uh, were enough to make you scared of the man was Kevin Sullivan and the one that always really stuck out to me was uh, where his he's like sitting on the ground and his face is all bloodied up and his paint his face is partially it's painted and he's got a he's got a big ass snake up around his shoulders and everything and I'm just like I don't, who the fuck is this, you know, like, just really creeped me out as a kid, because I was always in that book, I would look in that book all the time, you know, and uh, I would always get fixated on that picture of Kevin Sullivan, and obviously I've looked in the, you know, kind of some of his accolades, and, yeah, he had a snake wrapped around his junk, no, around his shoulders, did you listen to anything I said? Yeah, yeah, I was listening to you. Doesn't sound like it. <laughs> I hear you. Uh, I got one last one, and uh, Kamala. Uh, oh yes, dude, he was just scary. Like from his size, the the body paintings, just the uncertainty of who this guy. Like, is he really like this dude from this lost tribe somewhere in the middle of was Africa Uganda. or wherever? Uganda. Uganda. Okay. I mean, like, I don't know. It was a great gimmick, man. Uh, and he kind of had like the the shark mouth where it made it you know all painted up I, I don't know man Kamala he's just a, uh, a okay. proud southern country boy he's a funny ass oh story. is he really he wasn't like even foreign at all nah uh, he's fucking Mississippi oh wow that's like, hilarious he's from fucking Bayou La Batria or somewhere you know <laughs> Alabama <laughs> yeah he's, he's he's from down there that's hilarious uh, I thought it was hilarious too when Kamala gets scared to death of the Undertaker. He'd be yeah. you know, scary as fucking, not scared of anything, but the Undertaker would sit up in the ring and his eyes would get real big and he'd open his mouth. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> well, this was fun. Yeah, fun trip yeah. down memory lane. Yeah, I mean, back when I was younger, I watched I watched wrestling all the time. And, and I'd say about half the time I didn't want to because that's what dad wanted to watch. But I'm glad he did. Oh, yeah. That's a good child experience. And... Well, I just want to say thanks to the Mike's on Mike's for having us on the show and discussing some childhood memories. And it's a lot of Hell fun, yeah. you know, discussing some scary shit from wrestling days. Hell oh, yeah. yeah. It's a nice Hell little yeah. scroll now. Not Nostalgia Highway. Yeah. yeah. Pretty cool. <laughs>
I'm gonna throw you tonight. Ooh, babe, I'm gonna throw you tonight. Oh, darling, I'm gonna throw you tonight. Ooh, babe, I'm gonna throw you tonight. Ooh, babe, you start to freeze. And so it looks you right between the eyes. You're paralyzed. much to our friends over at Nostalgia Highway Podcast for their takes on wrestling. If you want their takes on movies, which I strongly suggest, make sure you check them out typically every other Tuesday on all podcast platforms. All right. I wanted you guys I agree. to... Let, let, let them in. Let them in. I love it, Daniel. I, I wanted to wrap up we did a spot for those guys where we talked about our favorite Halloween time movies to watch. But I think, and we both agree, that's a different thing. There are certain movies that you watch during Halloween that might not be your favorite horror movie. Uh, I want your favorite horror movies and why. Uh, if you want to give me your top two, 
uh, and we'll, we'll <laughs> briefly discuss why. Uh, who wants to start? <laughs> uh, I want to start by saying ahead, something. Dan, let's, let's, go ahead, Daniel. No, just, just saying something. First of all, um, this is not as been even, you know, we, we're in for an hour. I'm, I'm basically, you know, <laughs> if you listen to my show, um, most of the time we go three, four hours. So sometimes um, six or seven. Confused. Oh, don't let me start with Mike. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I'm confused. This is going way too fast. And then um, if you want to have a conversation about horror movies and shows, because I think uh, the new way to go are shows because movies are dying and shows this is are, true. you know. I don't up. think that's a bad point uh, at all. I could um, I could talk about horror movies for I guess the next five hours, dude. So, same man, dude. Same. Like, another bonus show coming sometime down the line. But since since Mike only has a few minutes left, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is really um, my so, fault. I have to leave for work soon. So, um, all right, Mike. Um, then yeah. then you should like. Uh, you should start and say, what are your favorite, I guess, Halloween movies? Uh, horror Halloween movies? movies? <laughs> horror movies. Horror movies. My fa- Okay, so we're just doing two. I got to pick two horror movies because I got a list I'm looking at. Um, I guess <laughs> what I'm going to have to Same say here. is... Um, I'm going to narrow it down, and I'm not going to pick maybe what my two favorite movies off this list are, but I'm going to give two picks that I think people should watch that they maybe haven't seen, right? The first one is Freaks from 1932. Daniel, I'm assuming you've seen this. Mike, have you? No. Freaks is a show about a carnival sideshow freak group, um, and they are done wrong by uh, this woman – Anyway, they seek their revenge, yada, yada, yada. It's where the famous line, one of us, one of us, comes from. And they used legitimate circus freaks from the time. So it adds an overall air of just, like, body horror. And not just, like, body horror like you see in, like, modern horror, but, like, legit real body horror because it's real, legit people that have deformities that are playing these roles. And it... You surprised me. What's you that? surprised me. Did I surprise you, surprised you with that one? Me. Yeah. And... Because uh, nobody knows about this movie, and it's been uh, used for American Horror Story uh, season circus. Oh, dude, they completely ripped it off. The whole... Yeah. Uh, the whole... That whole season of American Horror Story, I tried to explain this to my wife... She wouldn't watch the movie later because she was like, no, I don't want to see real circus freaks. Uh, I get you. Um, it's a hard-to-watch movie. It really is. Um, this is a great movie. I highly recommend watching it. Um, and then my uh, second one on this list is um, shit. Uh, go watch Don't Look Now. I believe this came out in 1976. I could be wrong on that. There's Donald Sutherland. Um, it's most famous probably for this infamous sex scene. It's one of the greatest like cinematic sex scenes of all time. There's been some real questions about whether the actor and actress were really having sex in it. But it's a story <laughs> about two people that lose their daughter. I believe she drowns. And they go to Venice to try and like get away from everything and refresh. And so there's this backdrop of Venice 
as these horrific things start happening. Um, it's more of one of those like suspense, dread-building type of horror movies. But there's something about the setting that adds terror to it. I highly recommend these two movies. They're kind of some deep-cut older horror movies. And I guess if I got to narrow it down to two, I want to, you know, give you two movies to go watch, guys. Because I fucking love you, uh, Near Fall Nation <laughs> out there. Um, and, you know, I could have gone the route and been like, Evil Dead 2 and Texas Chainsaw, which are other movies on my list. But, like, if I got to pick two, man, these are like two. Go treat, treat yourself this weekend. Right. Um, let me do mine, and we'll let Daniel wrap it up. Uh, my two, <laughs> two of my favorites, and one's a remake, so I have to say it because I know remakes don't get a lot of love. But uh, Dawn of the Dead, the remake version, mm, so good. I think it's absolutely one of the most fantastic zombie movies ever put on film. I know the original Living Dead is important, uh, or Night of the Living Dead, and I know that the original Dawn of the Dead is important, but man, I personally think this one blows the original out of the water for pace, yeah. for scenery, for storytelling. I just think and it's... Johnny Cash. Oh, yeah, Johnny Cash, Richard <laughs> Cheese, uh, with the Richard Cheese! <laughs> I mean, this movie has literally has it all even with that open-ended ending uh man go watch the remake of dawn of the dead and don't do it with any little but children the ending, in the room because it but is the ending is shit. but the ending isn't open-ended in my opinion there's an open. no no you watch to the end of the credits and you know what happens okay it's fair i still think it's a little bit open, but maybe you're right. Uh, they're, and then they're dead, dog. I, my other one, this is a movie that I'm bouncing between two of them. And I'm not, I can't go the classic route like Mike did. Uh, the Strangers. Oh, yeah. I love oh, it. I fucking hate that movie. It's terrifying no. to me because it's. Part two is better. It's because it's possible. Uh, It's possible (laughs) to happen. It has happened. Mike, why do you hate these movies? I first of all, the Strangers too. I saw in the theaters. I saw my wife loves the Strangers. Uh, My wife also loves Jeepers Creepers. Remember me telling you last week, Mike, about the Jeepers Creepers, and we went to Jeepers Creepers three, and I couldn't remember what the second terrible movie she picked was. That made me not let her pick horror movies for theaters anymore. It was right. the Strangers too. It was the Strangers too. Um, I don't I like love the, the str- soundtrack. I don't. The Strangers is a well-made movie. Um, it's like I'm not gonna take away from it. I have issue with it because I have a real problem when people do really dumb things in horror movies that allow them to be killed. Okay, that's and fair. And the dumbest and the dumbest thing I've ever seen in a horror movie that allowed someone to be killed was giving up the tactical advantage of a master bedroom which had a master bathroom that you were holed up in that only had one entrance and you have a shotgun. <laughs> There's no reason these people didn't live. There's one door 
into the bathroom. There was no windows or anything because they couldn't escape because there was no window. So they've got a tactically sound advantage of a bathroom where you have to come in and then turn and look at them. And it's a six-foot-long bathroom with a 12-gauge shotgun. Well, but, but you know, don't forget the rules. You've got to make a movie. Of... I get it. But I've never seen no, no, something no, 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 no. as rules. dumb in a horror movie as giving up a tactically sound positioning like that. Oh, I, I can't we stand pushed it. some buttons here. I can't stand um, it. It drives me crazy. I've tried to watch this movie yeah. a dozen times, too, because I'm, everyone loves this movie. And I'm like, it's just me. I know it is. I know I'm the no, problem. No, no, no. And I can't no. watch it because every time they leave the bathroom, I'm like, you dumb fucks deserve to die. Now, Mike, listen, there are rules to a horror movie and um, the rules to horror movies are always the same. And they've been the same since I the know, 70s. man, but come on. I just can't get past this one thing. I can't. You I can't remember? You it. remember? Um, it's like when you realize on Donnie Darko that like Frank keeps coming back to tell Donnie that he has to like fix the tangent universe. But then you at the end of the movie, you're like, then Frank, then why the fuck did you pull him out of his bedroom in the first place to create the tangent universe? <laughs> and once you realize that, you're like, man, Donnie Darko is a bullshit ass movie. No, I, I, I can, I can, I, I feel with you because you know what happened to me was um, I'm, I'm a long time. Uh, I was a fan. Now I'm just a you know, watching it because I always watched it, The Walking Dead, of course. I'm there and, with you, um, man. I'm just watching it to watch it at this point. Yeah. Um, no, I no, mean, the, no the spoilers. The, I'm a season and a half. No. Literally everyone dies. The Whisperer stuff is pretty cool, but um, there was a, a low point for me when, you know, the thing with Negan, and I loved Negan to death. He was like my favorite. And then... Um, Rick chases Sneak, and I'm sorry I have to spoil it because that was my, I think, uh, the strangest moment. Um, he chases him, and he has a machine gun, and he chases him, and he wants to kill him. And Negan enters a dark room, and Rick is behind him, and he drops the machine gun because, I don't know why, because he doesn't want to kill him anymore. I have no idea. And I was like sitting in front of my TV, I was like, why would he drop... Why? There is no reason for that. And then you know what they fight. It It was um, Glenn climbing out of the uh, from under the dumpster. Glenn living in the dumpster scenario. Up Mm, until that point, the show had followed a very specific set of unspoken rules that it had created for itself. And (laughs) at that moment, they broke all their rules that they had created. And I just was done with it. And I was like, I guess I'm just watching this because I watch it with my wife now. Yeah, but the Whisperer storyline is pretty great. Um, it has been good the good. last, the last. They've revitalized the show the last couple of years. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Rick is gone. And Rick, do you remember Rick? Um, in the last episodes he was on, he looked like there is a cloud above his head, and there is always rain coming down on him. He was always, always. wet for no reason. Always, <laughs> and he was, and he was like always doing this. Wise where he was like so affected by everything. Yeah. And it started to piss me off. And it was like I was a Rick guy, but when that started, I was like, come on, what's going on with this emo guy? Just was always He's stressed. Wet out. all the time. <laughs> stressed out and wet all the time. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Um, Mike, 
it's your show. Well, I, I need your favorite. Uh, your two, your two top, Daniel. Oh, that's that's so hard. That's so that's, freaking hard. That's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> uh, jet fuel uh, melts steel beam. No. Um. <laughs> um <laughs> well, there is. <laughs> this was uh, uh, unappropriate. Now, um, this is um, really hard because I, I will, uh, you know, I grew up, um, of course, with the 80s stuff. And um, you guys mentioned that there are so many great movies. Texas Chainsaw, of course, uh, the whole Friday the 13th thing is something I, I, I hold close to my heart. Um, and um, it's, it's, it's just not possible to pick two with, you know, just saying these are the two movies. But um, one movie, and, and this is not favorite horror movie ever, but favorite movie for the season. And, I, and, and, and Halloween season is, for me, what is Christmas for most of you. I love this season. It's uh, something very special to me. Um, and I think maybe a lot of people might have not seen that. And it's called The Guest. It's oh, just called The fuck. Guest. Yes. Uh, I love it. It's it's this 80s throwback thing. Um, pretty great. It's not a horror movie in the way a horror movie works, but it's brilliant. It's an amazing film. Um, so if you've not seen The Guest, great and it's pretty boy. recent, I think it's, yeah, I, I love it. So watch that. And um, yeah, and then I have to go reload school. I mean, I had, uh, I have a list here. I'm not kidding. Of thirty or more movies. <laughs> Hold on to that. Um, and and just <laughs> as a quick as a quick thing, I love Stranger Things as a series. It brings me into this. Um, my childhood grew up Halloween mm -hmm. kind of thing. Stranger Things, of course, the X Files. I think Chris Carter was fed real information by the government. Um, you mentioned uh, Evil Dead. There is a great series, Ash versus the Evil Dead, that I love because it's funny. Um, there is uh, recent stuff like Monsterland. Uh, Krampus is a brilliant movie that ties together Halloween and Christmas. But um, they live, basically, it's a documentary, people. And it's a wrestler in there, Roddy Roddy Piper. Fantastic um, pick. No, it's um that was not my pick. My that that was just my um watch it. Um because <laughs> okay. my Fantastic my all, watch it. my all, yeah, because it's a documentary people and Roddy Piper said that. Uh <laughs> sorry. Well, I have to be boring like you've been with picking the undertaker. Um <laughs> I didn't pick him. No, I said you out there. <laughs> um the the drive-by nation um if you pick the undertaker it's boring it's it should have been the fiend so i'm gonna pick a boring but very close to my heart movie that is my favorite horror movie of all times it's halloween and you know why it's halloween um because it's a small town setting it's the boogeyman and that's everything in paranormal that could be a shadow person, that could be a vampire, that could be an alien, that could be everything. And um, 
it gives me the feelings for this season every time I watch it. And the new one, and I'm not saying the new one from last year, but what Rob Zombie did was also good. Mm-hmm. But what they did last year or the year before, I think it's two years um, uh, ago, uh, when they when they made the new Halloween, I loved it. I freaking loved it. And Michael Myers is my favorite killer, and Halloween is my favorite movie. Man, I don't think there was a more perfect way to uh, wrap this show up, man. Halloween. Uh, you gotta love it. Uh, Daniel, I want to thank you so much for crossing parallel dimensions and joining us over here on the Drive-By Wrestling Podcast. Uh, make sure you check out Daniel's show. Um, you want to give the, your website that they can check out the list of upcoming shows uh, you have planned? Well, um, the website is too complicated, um, <laughs> I, I guess. Um, I will put it in the description. You can find How about me- that? Yeah, do that. And you can find me on Twitter at uh, Daniel Grothy, of course. And let me tell you something. Um, I know this will come out Halloween. Yes, um, that is if the you're plan. listening, if you're listening to this in like the morning, right? In the States, um, I will have a Halloween special on Halloween. <laughs> that makes sense. Doesn't it? <laughs> um, and it's going to be an open line show called Dead Air. And um, it will stream live on YouTube on my channel um, at uh, 11 a.m. Uh, Pacific Standard and uh, 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And yeah, so you can call in. If you li- just listen to this, go to my YouTube channel listen to the show and call in it's dead air. It's an Halloween special. And what I'm looking for is uh, like Art Bell did in the classic ghost to ghost shows, your ghost stories, your paranormal stories, cryptids, aliens, everything. Call in, share your most creepy stories or um, go to the website that Mike puts in the description and send it through the wormhole. Don't be um, weirded out here. The wormhole is the way to contact me. And um, even if it's last minute, I will read it on the air if it's really scary. And yeah, so this is coming up uh, on WID with me, Daniel Grothy. Dead air on Halloween. And um, yeah, well, guys, thank you so much. I mean, Paranormal Pro Wrestling... My 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 um, biggest hobbies, my love. So um, I enjoyed that so much, and I, I I still think you're doing the best show about <laughs> professional wrestling out there. The best show that probably no one's ever heard of. Uh, thanks again, Daniel. Mike, of course. Thanks for your time, and I say it every week. It's been real. It's been fun. We will catch you next time. You guys are beautiful. We love you. Have a great week. Great week, everyone. New episodes of Drive By drop every Saturday on iTunes, Spotify, and the iHeartRadio app. Subscribe to make sure you never miss a single one. And keep the conversation going on Facebook at Drive By Pod. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. This has been a presentation of the Near Fall Network. <laughs>